the more we know about ourselves, the more we can manage those mental health well-being spaces in ways that work mm. for us as individuals and it will be different for each individual hi there and welcome to another episode of shift with shiba i'm your host shiba Manetti, and i am an adult and child sleep consultant i'm also a baby science program instructor and an Akashic Light Healing Practitioner. And on today's episode of Shifted Sugar, we are really digging into a conversation on what nourishes the mind, I think. And inadvertently or indirectly, sorry, it also nourishes the body and the soul. So we're going to be in conversation with Beth Goddard. And Beth is, as she probably describes it, is that she's one of many things. And the, for the purpose of this conversation on this podcast, she is a facilitator for a new personality test that has come on the market called Luminous Sparks. Now, it's not that new. If you've heard of Maya Briggs, if you've heard of 16 Personalities, then Luminous Sparks is amongst in the same field of, of those. And it's a particular interesting one because Luminous Facts looks at 24 different personality traits, I think is what she mentioned. But don't quote me on that. She'll be the right person to hear about it from. So Beth and I have, we go long way back. She says 20 years. I think it's more about 15 years, but you know, who's counting? My math is not that great anyway. But we've known each other for such a long time and I'm very excited for the work that she's doing. She's been helping so many people using this tool of Luminous Sparks to maximize their potential and basically bringing out the leaders within themselves to the forefront to then make an impact in the world and hopefully make an impact in the future of a better tomorrow. So I know that might sound all fluff at the moment and you're sitting there going, what are you talking about, Shabra? I promise you that if you tune in for today's episode, you will leave a lot more refreshed on how understanding the facets of your personality might just help make your life better because it will help you understand how to interact with the world around you better and therefore make your life better. And if all of that's confusing and you're just going, I don't understand, then I asked you very much to tune into this episode and I hope you enjoy it and the content that we present today. Thank you so much for tuning in. Do like, share, subscribe to our channel. Definitely share this episode with people that you think might benefit from them. And write to us if you have ideas, suggestions. If you want us to have these kind of conversations more, then please let us know. We always like to know on which trajectory or which path that we should be exploring further. Thank you so much for tuning in and I hope you enjoy today's episode. So, so Beth, obviously you've known me for such a long time and throughout the years that we've obviously known each other, we, you've gone through many different chapters of, of work. Mm. And I think just obviously for the audience sake, maybe just explaining what is it that you do now? And maybe because I sort of explained that Luna Sparks is a personality test, but I think it's a lot more than that. So I think you'd be a better person to probably explain what you do and what is Luminous Sparks. That's a great question to kick off with. And you're right, I have known you a very long time. I was, I was thinking about that the other day going, oh my goodness, this is almost a, a 20 year friendship, realistic, well, maybe 18 years. It was yeah. just after I graduated that I started working at Rose Bruford. What do I do? That is a question that many, many, many people ask me. 
And this might be quite unsatisfactory, but I'm still not sure what it is. Because what I help people with is really getting to know who they are, what they're about, what the blockages in their life are, and how they can create a new future, the one that they actually want to see exist in the world. And I suppose how I do that is through a variety of different things. I facilitate, so I, I help people become better leaders within their workplace. I coach, so I do lots of one-to-one -one work, which is really about identifying, well, what is the goal that you're trying to achieve? And what are the things that are preventing you from achieving that thing? But in terms of Luminous Spark, it's a psychometric test. So it's a personality profiling test. I found it, if you like, quite serendipitously. It, it fell into my path and, and me being me, the curious, explorative life explorer went, oh yeah, I'll do this. I, I don't know what it is, but I'll do it. And my experience of Luminous Spark presented me with blind spots in my behavior that as soon as I saw it on paper, helped me to go, okay, now I can see where I can change things about what I'm doing that are going to quite radically transform what I'm doing in my life, both career and personal. And so I went through a, a process of engaging with the psychometric tool, the personality profiling tool helped me to get to know myself better and make some changes. And the impact was so profound for me as an individual. It was a case of I need to train in this particular system because actually it has a depth to it and a nuance to it. And it's colorful and it's vibrant and it's data driven that will enable me to amplify what I'm doing with people anyway and really help them get to grips with who they are as a person what their natural preferences are in terms of behaviors you know some people are very outcome driven some people are very people driven some people like the vision the future what's possible and some people like what's in the here and now and so I don't know whether that answers your question it does no accurately. accurately that's the wrong word but what do I do I help people be the best version of themselves with a variety of different tools to do that Mm. And I mean, I think you already kind of brought a little bit into it, but you were talking about the visionary, the people who like it here and now. So, I mean, the fact that you said when you did it, it caused some profound changes mm -hmm. in your life. What do you yeah. think is the benefit of someone doing a luminous sparks thing? And can you break down what are the types of assessment areas it's sort of looking at? And why would someone be interested in looking at those aspects? There were a lot of questions in that one question. There was. <laughs> Let's step that back a second. Do you know what? You're going to have to break that question down a little bit more. Yeah, what, okay. what is it that you want to know? We start with the components of the luminous spark itself, right? So what yeah. is it assessing? It's assessing your personality. So it's assessing 24 qualities. Those qualities, you know, are far ranging. So it could be anything from introverted to extroverted, big picture thinking to, to down to earth, discipline driven to inspiration driven, people focused to outcome focused. And there are 24 qualities. I'm doing this because it sits mm. in a mandala. It's circular. It's looking at the whole personality rather than putting you in a box so quite a lot of psychometrics and personality profiling systems, they put you into a box, they label yeah. you. So you yeah. are either introverted or extroverted. The Luminous Spark system doesn't do that. It's far more nuanced. It's got a real 3D-ness to it. There's complexity. It looks at how we can embrace paradox. So for example, uh, on this system, 
I claim quite high on both extroverted and introverted. Okay. And for a long time, I really struggled with that because it was like, mm. I enjoy being with lots of people. I charge up on energy of conversations. I'm, I'm quite sociable. I like to go and, you know, have lots of interactive conversation to one, charge up on energy, but also, you know, stimulate my brain. Yeah. Love it. But also, I quite like my own company. I quite like going and sitting in a coffee shop on my own, reading a book, thinking. And prior to doing Luminous Spark, I used to be really conflicted about those two things because it's like, how can I be both? And oh my God, I feel really bad about saying no to those people who've asked me out for a drink. I don't want to go out for a drink. I want to sit and watch, you know, rubbish TV and, and just be in my own company. Mm. Oh, now I need to go and, you know, have a, a night on dancing and, and engaging or being with a big group of people to just get stimulated. And this, once I'd been through the Luminous Spark system and I could see very visually that I spread across the mandala in both of these aspects it was like oh oh okay I'm just both I don't need to be in conflict with these two things I can just go right today actually what I need is to go and have a conversation with the lovely Shubra but tomorrow it might be that I just want to shut the world away and go for a walk along the canal I live quite near the canal and just be in my own thoughts and and both of those things are oh, okay. absolutely fine Mm -hmm. So in answer to your question about why is a system like this really valuable, mm. I, I can speak personally. For me, it gave me the permission to be myself. Yeah. It removed any, that internal chatter, that internal mind talk of, I should be doing this or I should be doing that or, oh my goodness, I'm flawed because I don't like looking at spreadsheets, you know, in the system I don't have a lot of the quality evidence-based or cautious or, or reliable, you know, which is looking at the reality, the data of things. What I do have is a lot of spontaneity, of dreaming, of imagination, and just the permission to go, that's who I am. That is really valuable. But so is that other stuff that I don't have. Mm. So who are the people around me that I can go and get really pally with that support me in that space? Yeah. So, so yeah, the value for me as an individual has been the permission to be myself mm. and to really get quite an in-depth look at some of the qualities and the behaviours that are naturally mine and some of those areas which are not so natural to me and how I might mitigate for some of those gaps, if you like. Mm. And for other people, oh, goodness, I've probably facilitated... Over the last couple of years, 250, 300 people wow. now, both in groups and in individual settings. I've had two people of all of those that have been through the, the experience. I've had two people where it just, it didn't connect. Right. That's fine. You know, it's not going to connect with everybody. It's a tool. It's a system. Yeah. But 98% have gone, oh my God and found a little piece of gold dust or a or a nugget an insight that's actually been useful to them moving forward and for me as a practitioner that's what I live for I want to yeah. find those little light bulbs and turn on the light for people so that they can go oh, okay I'm more of myself and if I'm more of myself in the world then actually I make more impact in the world and I, I don't need to hide 
Yeah. Yeah. That was quite a lot of words. Sorry. No, that's no, 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 no apologies necessary because I think we should really dive into that because I think I really like to touch upon why would those people or the people that you facilitated when they get those sort of like aha moments, as you said, it gives them permission to be more themselves. What's the advantage of doing that? Okay. It's a great question. I'm putting on my Lumina hat already because the Lumina system, I'm going to do that. It's like a pyramid. And if we think of it as four building blocks, so the first block is self-knowledge. So the more we understand about ourselves, the more we can manage our behaviours and almost create a pause before we respond to things. So, for example, I had a particularly difficult working relationship in one of my previous roles and my behavior at times used to be triggered, I suppose, is, is the best way. It was unhelpful behavior and it was a really challenging working relationship because I was expecting this person to be more like me and yeah. they weren't. They were looking at the world through a completely different set of eyes, a different perspective. And I, I hadn't done Lumina at this time when I was in this particular working relationship. But as I've reflected on it, I've gone, oh. If I'd have known more about myself at that moment and what was triggering me and what I found particularly challenging about that relationship, I might have chosen to do things differently just because I had that insight about myself. So that's the first block of the luminous system. Okay. The second block. So once we've really got a fuller understanding of who we are, we can then better embrace diversity and the fact that other people might look at the world through a completely different lens. So if you think about, you know, the optical illusion where you've got the image of the young woman and the old woman. Yeah. Uh, have you seen that one? Yeah? yeah. Okay. So I use that in group facilitation for Lumina because it's a brilliant way to illustrate the fact that we're looking at the same image, but some people will automatically see the young woman. Some people will automatically see the old woman. And some people will see both. They can yeah. hold that paradox. There are, there are two things there. It's a wonderful way to illustrate the fact that we look at the world in the same way. Yeah. You know, I might look at it from a, a visionary perspective, a, you know, what's possible in the future from a, you know, a conceptual, radical, imaginative, dream big, we can change things. And somebody else, I'm thinking of this particular colleague that I had a, a difficult relationship with, you know, they were very stats, systems, processes, you know, real detail orientated. And we were looking at the same thing, but from completely different ends of the spectrum. And I didn't have at that moment in time a full comprehension of the dynamics between me and this particular individual. But had I, really, really understood myself and where he might sit in this mandala, it might have changed our relationship. Mm. So coming back to the four stages, you've got self-knowledge at the bottom, then embracing diversity. So if we think about the fact that people can look at the world through a different perspective, that's not the same as ours, but yeah. there is value in that, it becomes much easier to move to the third layer, which is building rapport. Yeah. So creating connection, communication, understanding, tolerance, that we're just looking at the world in a different way. But there's value in that. And if we build rapport with the people who aren't like us, the top 
the top little bit is we can co-create results. So, Mm -hmm. you know, we started this conversation and you said, I've got somebody else to do the words, you know, somebody else writes the words for you. It's not your preference. You prefer to speak. Mm. Great. But you understand the value of the fact that somebody else can do the words, which is the bit that you don't want to do Mm. or don't like to do or whatever the rationale and the reason is. But there's value in both. Yeah. And so to conclude my answer of your question, that's the value of Mm. really getting to understand ourselves, because if we understand ourselves and where we sit within the world and how we look at it, then we can better understand how other people might view the world and embrace those differences. Yeah. Then we can build rapport. Then we can co-create results. Yeah. This is because then you could do this in every faction of life, right? Whether you are working with people, whether you're in a marriage or partnership, whether with your children who are slightly grown already or like, you know, a little bit of older than five and they can actually have conversations in a way back and forth with you or even three-year-olds have a conversation with you. But they might be a bit too young to do the psychometric testing. So I think that my next question really is because I know that you have worked with a lot of young people, when do you think Lumina works in terms of starting these type of tests? That's also a really interesting question because I had a conversation asking the same question with Stuart Desson, who is the founder of Lumina Spark. So he's been working in business psychology for the last 25 years. He has a PhD. The Lumina system was effectively his PhD. So he's really versed with personality, psychometrics. And we talked about the fact that, you know, we're still growing as individuals, our personalities kind of fully form in the latter stages of teenage years you know that's where we really begin to get that sense of I that not ego necessarily but that sense of I here's who I am yeah the youngest person I believe to do Lumina but I'll have to double check this was 16 I've used it with 17 to 18 year old when I've worked with younger people using the system it's been a case of you are still changing and this might give you some insight as to your natural references I'll I'll give you a prime example it was textbook so I did a facilitated workshop with 15 young people this one doing some training really helping them to understand within a work context you know what their behaviors might look like and I had a young man and he claimed 99% demonstrative which sits in the extroverted aspect so you know really open with his emotions very high energy very expressive and I've got a six foot mandala mat I stick it on the floor and I had him stand on this particular quality okay great beautiful human being really warm everybody loves him great and then I had a young woman who was 99% measured which is contains emotion more serious minded a little bit more reserved quite cool you know, just as valuable. It's really important that, you know, in a crisis, for example, we can just hold our emotions and and have a handle on them. And I stood her on the measured part of the mandala, which is in the introverted aspect. So you've got, you know, quite extreme responses. And we talked about it. And the young man was saying, you know, I just said, have a conversation with each other. What's it like to be on the other side of somebody who is really big and bold and, you know, expressive? The young woman, I'll never forget it. She went, you're my worst day. Because when you're being you, I just want to run away because it's too much. Your energy is too much. And I watched this young man, you know, bear in mind, 17, 18, go, oh wow 
wow, so me being me could potentially impact on other people in a way that's not helpful. And, you know, the conversation continued and this young man went, and you're my worst day because you don't give me anything. There's no feedback. There's no interaction, which makes me kind of get bigger because I just want to, you know, spitball and, you know, have that yeah, dialogue. That back and and the young woman went, oh, okay, me being me could be somebody else's worst day. Well, that's interesting. So both of them knew what their own individual preferences were, which is totally fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But then understood how those preferences might impact on others. So if we think about that, embracing diversity, moving into rapport, into co-creating results. And both of them, as the result of that session, went, sometimes I'm going to need to take a step forward to the other person just to meet you know to move towards meeting them halfway yeah yeah honestly I've got goosebumps just thinking about it it was just profound and I've been working with that young man since the difference in him is astronomical he has really gotten a hold of his bigness but is controlling it in a way that he's not denying himself who he is but he's he's able to manage it in a way that it doesn't become overwhelming for for other people I've looked at his journey and I've gone he's on the right track now Mm. because at the age of 18 19 to have that level of insight experience understanding to be able to consciously choose his behavior as he moved forward it's like he's a leader of the future I can't wait to see what he does I feel quite privileged to have been able to a give that initial interaction which is probably about 18 months ago and now be in a coaching relationship with him and just watching him continue to to rise because he's just totally gotten on board with who he is Mm. and how that interacts with the world it's just again that was lots of words but I just love it I just love turning the lights on because when you turn the lights on you give people choice of what they do next yeah and that's profound yeah any stage but Mm. there's something about working with younger people that for me anyway it's like mm -hmm. let's see how many light bulbs I can turn on and build this momentum of really conscious young people to go out into the world and go let's change things because you know without talking politics because we're not going to do that we need yeah the next generation are going to be the ones that shift things I think genuinely I really do believe that yeah um, and if I can help anybody who's working in that kind of space adult or young person but has you know that dream of a different future if I can help turn the light bulbs on so that they can really engage and contribute and impact in that kind of space then yeah I'll without getting too deep and profound and you know I'll die a very happy woman if I can turn on light bulbs that become a you know a warm glow somewhere that I'm speaking very conceptually but no that's I think that's that's the whole way I am that's the nature of this podcast as well because I think because you kind of like went straight to the last question so I think we have to like backtrack a little different things and we'll we'll, sorry no that's okay don't apologize that was really beautiful because I think here's where I think that some people may trip up a little okay it's Mm. the fact of why should I change why should I know Mm -hmm. Why should I change? Why, you know, why do I need to 
be other than who I am? And why should anyone else be anyone but themselves? And of course, this is the same kind of conversations that you get, whether in all of those places, right? Whether it is a workplace, whether it's within a team, whether it is a partnership within husband, wife, 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 husband, husband, whichever relationship it might be, parent to child going, well, this is who I am for X number of years. Why should I change? I'll kind of, I mean, I think you already kind of answered it, but I think that's kind of where I just want to pick at a little bit more. You pick. (laughs) It is the podcast. We do that. We got to pick. We got to pick. I want people to understand why is it by being more aware of themselves. Okay, maybe we discuss it from a different angle. What's the fear you think that people have? I think by not changing, that's my, my idea, my viewpoint, is that people don't want to change sometimes because it's unknown, right? Mm-hmm. Because this is what they've known, this is all they've known, and this is what they've always been. It's partly unknown, it's partly ego, like why should I, why not them? I'm always compromising, that kind of thing. I'm always backing down. But I think that backing down is also seen as a thing of losing power. Yeah. Seen as fear because they think without that power that they are powerless completely. I mean, that's, I don't think that's true at all. So, yeah, I don't really know if there's a question in there. I think the question is kind of like hovering there. It is hovering. And without putting you on the spot and exposing you too much, you know, we've been through a Luminous Sparks experience yeah. and you discovered some things that maybe you weren't fully aware of for the benefit of your listeners is that there are three different persona levels that are explored within the Luminous Spark system. So there's the underlying persona, you in your most natural state, you know, the you that you don't put on, if you like, the everyday persona. So how you tend to show up on a day-to-day basis, you're putting your best face on how you want to be perceived by the world. Mm. And then the overextended persona. So that's where you might flip into behaviors that aren't helpful. So for example, this was the piece of gold dust, the, the blind spot that I found. My overextended persona had a big spike out in terms of demonstrative. So if we think about the positive aspects of that quality, you know, expressive, communicating emotions, you know, high energy, all good things. I don't want to change that about myself, right? But if I do that too much, as the system suggested that I did, then that demonstrative, that expression couldn't become overbearing for other people, can become overwhelming for other people, can be too much for other people that they switch off. Now that's not helpful behavior. So if I give you some specific examples, (laughs) I'm gonna have to tell the story because you know I just think it's really funny. I did my Lumina training. I went through the process in a group and you know, it was great. I was getting to know myself. I really liked the system. It was like, this is about 95% accurate. It was really, really freaky. Cause it was like, how have you put me on a piece of paper? Yeah in a way that I recognize myself with so much depth and nuance, right? So I was really engaged with the tool. And then it got to this overextended bit. So the the behaviors that I do that are unhelpful and this overwhelming or this overbearing spike out. And I sat there going, this isn't like me. I don't understand this. And I, you know, marched up to the facilitator going, 
I don't understand this. You really need to explain it because I've been with you for the last, you know, four hours or five hours or however long we've been here. And I don't do this. I don't speak over others. I'm not over enthusiastic. I don't talk so much that other people, you know, can't get a word in edgeways and, you know, I'm overwhelmed. You need to really explain this to me. And he let me go for about two minutes. And then he went, Beth, you're doing it now. Well, I went very quiet and I went and sat in my seat and I sat there for about half an hour going, oh my goodness. Yeah, I was doing it then and I was so unaware of it that that was just an automatic response. And I I sat there and I went, oh my God, where else do I do this in my life? Hmm. Where does that demonstrative flip over into overbearing? And, And I identified it with this previous colleague that I've obviously already mentioned in the podcast because he used to push me to the point where I just couldn't help but right you're going to hear everything that I've got to say now because you've not engaged with me at any level in our relationship thinking back to you know that Boy and the young girl. man and the young woman mm-hmm. yep you know he was the young woman he just need to engage with me he was you know he was happy in his little shell oh I'm being a little bit mean there but anyway You can hear it. You say, there's my overextended coming out. Going, I just need you to talk to me and tell me what I need to do. Anyway, so it's like, that was really unhelpful behavior on my part in my working relationship. Okay, I've got that now. Well, that's a useful piece of information that I've just discovered. The second place that I reflected on was within my marriage. I am no longer married. That's a, a story for another time. but. My now ex-husband, he gave me feedback quite, quite often that I never gave him space to speak. And as a professional facilitator who creates space for people to speak, I found that really difficult. And and upon reflection, can see how him saying that triggered me to get even more overbearing and to speak. Well, of course I do. I'm a professional facilitator etc you can probably see it in my face you know this this much bigger energy that was quite a profound realization because you know the relationship with my ex-husband is still brilliant you know he's an extraordinary man but I've had to learn how to curb that behavior when we are interacting even still because he needs time to think and to process not immediate responses which is my preference And then the third area, as I was sat on my chair, being very sheepish after I'd been told by the facilitator, you're doing it now, was, oh, God, yeah, when I get really passionate about something, I want the world to know about it. And I'll go and tell everybody about it. And that can be off-putting. And I sat there and that, that was absolutely life changing for me. It was profound because as soon as I saw that blind spot, and the impact that that behavior had had within my personal, my professional, and my future life, it gave me an opportunity to go, I don't want to do that anymore. I want to change that aspect of myself so that I can be a better version of myself in the world and really amplify and increase my impact. But my choice was right. When I get that like rush of energy that just makes my tongue want to get loose I notice it then I bite my tongue like literally literally. to stop myself literally to stop myself going into that you know overbearing space 
and then using the opposite side of the mandala. So the luminous system, it explores the paradox between particular qualities. So demonstrative sits opposite measured. I, I think I mentioned that before in terms of, you know, a cooler, calmer approach to things. So my choice was, right, notice the, the rush of energy coming to my tongue, bite my tongue, then breathe, use opposite side of the mandala, that measured quality, bring down the energy, wait until you've just managed to get to a level that enables me to communicate what I want to say, but in a way that it's not so big that it's overwhelming or overbearing for other people. Coming right back to your question, it's not about changing who you are necessarily. It's about really getting to grips with behavior that maybe is unhelpful or that maybe you're not actually, you know, displaying in the world. So I'll give you a prime example of that bit too. I facilitated an online session yesterday and somebody discovered that in their underlying, they were like 99% imaginative, you know, a source of new ideas, a source of creativity, a source of thinking outside of the box. But in their everyday persona, so the persona that they bring to work, the one that the world sees, they were 3%. And the contrast was quite stark. And, and this woman was saying, I don't know why I do that. And actually, there's some real value to me bringing more of my natural self to the forefront, both for the benefit of me, but also for the other people around me and the work that I'm doing. It's not about changing who you are. It's about really owning who you are and making choices about it. I think Great. the one, thank you very much for sharing all of that you did on, on your lessons. I mean, that's very private. So thank you for being so open and honest You're and welcome. raw about that. I, I wonder for people who are, maybe if there are any people <laughs> thinking about it, you recently put up a post about the latest research on using luminous sparks in mental health course correlation. Yeah. Can you share some of the insights that you got from that maybe yeah. on how it, what is the correlation and how can it help and, and things? I can't give you all the technical aspects because <laughs> just to let you know, in my luminous sparks profile, I don't have much of this, what they call the conscientious blue quadrant, which is the detail, the data, the technicalities. I'm far more about the, intuitive fluid approach to the world so I'm, I'm just caveating that but what I took away from the research so Stuart CEO of Lumina decided that actually he wanted to look at how well-being and mental health was being affected by COVID obviously the world has been put into a pressure cooker and it's impacting quite significantly on the way people are responding because we're, we're being restricted in movement, we're being, you know, challenged, if you like, and, and those trigger buttons are being pushed. Yeah. And obviously it will be variable for individual people because we all have different responses. But one of the things that he, as a sort of a, a global output, has noticed is that people are retreating. So there's more of that introverted quality being played out for lots of different people yeah. because we are Insane. literally, you know, contained. retreating and yeah. yeah, yeah, contained. Now, for some people, 
that's actually really great. I've found coronavirus quite fascinating because for those who've got more natural introverted claims, this has actually been really good Mm. because they're working from home, don't have to see lots and lots of people, can create a space that's calm and clear and not overly stimulating. For those who have more extroverted qualities and charge up in that social interaction space, it's really challenging Mm. because they're having to play against type, which inevitably affects you know mental health and well-being and that's been really fascinating I appreciate I'm only talking about the introverted and extroverted aspect but I think certainly for your listeners it's it's probably the easiest one to get your head around because Mm. we're familiar with those terms but it's been quite interesting to kind of consider what it means if we're playing against who we are whether that's circumstantial whether it's you know a requirement of a situation because that does impact on how we think and how we feel. And again, just, you know, without wanting to get evangelical about the tool and and do my overextended, you know, passion, 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 everybody should just do this system. Everyone should. something about, (laughs) well, well, they should. I do believe that actually, but I don't don't want to say that out loud. I've just said it, haven't I? Okay. (laughs) If people want to explore it, they'll arrive at the right thing for them. You know, it's not about me saying you should do this. It's about me going, I believe in this particular personality profiling system against all of the other ones in the marketplace. And all of those have value, but this was the one that really spoke to me. Yeah. Coming back to what I was just about to say about mental health is the more we know about ourselves, the more we can then understand what is putting us in that pressure cooker. Yeah. And how we might make new choices to rectify that. So again, another example, I sit in both of these aspects. I'm quite happy in my own company and occasionally, I well, no, not even occasionally. I also need to charge up on conversations with others. Yeah. I was sat there this weekend going, I just need to see some of my people. (laughs) I need to get out of my house. I need to just have people around me because I've been in an introverted, more Mm -hmm. bounded setup. And Mm -hmm. it's like, I've, I've reached my limit on that, that side now. And I need, you know, it's like, all of this energy is beginning to bubble up and I go I just need somewhere to put it please 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 can I go and find some people to to have a conversation with or to engage with or to dance with I can't do that at the moment yeah because of coronavirus but knowing that has enabled me to not sink into something that is unhelpful yes and gonna love so it was Sunday evening that I really got to this I just need to see my people and I organized a road trip to go and see some friends all within the socially distanced isolated thing obviously the rules in the UK have changed now so that's kind of been eradicated but I took the steps to do what I needed to do yeah and I had a kitchen disco you know me and my son yeah we had a kitchen disco it's like I just need to move this energy out of my body because if I'm trying to contain it it's not going to work yeah so coming back to your question the more we know about ourselves the more we can manage those mental health well-being 
spaces in ways that work mm. for us as individuals and it will be different for each individual right yeah I yeah <laughs> I'm sorry I got no. I, I got a bit big then I went on a, a little journey of, we need to go on journeys thinking no we absolutely need to go on journeys of thinking because I think the reason I really want to have these kind of conversations as well is that people are in this situation obviously coronavirus is one thing but I think it's always been throughout history and obviously as we've got into the information age when we've come to like technology Facebook Instagram you know instant gratification all of that we've gone into a circumstance where judgment is definitely a lot there there's also the fact of our problem solving abilities are now more instantaneous rather than oh we have some time to figure this out it's like no I need answers like last you know two minutes ago but you can give it to me right now and that's going to cause people to get into obviously anxiety and feel off balance and it's really about talking about balance at the end of the day like we are going to be prone to certain tendencies and that's all well and good and if you can master how to use that in a way that is as you said you can work with many people you can sort of build a great relationship with all kinds of people and then you can make things happen with those people like we are going to live in a better world like those are your four step yeah. pyramids because i i think on top of with just behaviors behaviors then influence reality and then your behaviors also by influencing reality this is also going to affect your own physical health as well because it's all energy to a certain extent obviously if not certain extent it's completely only energy really at the end of the day so if there's no balance in the energy if you're always going to be someone who goes you're probably going to run into some sort of organ related issue yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) You know, you're just doing that. It was like, bah, bah, bah. oh, yeah, yeah. Whoa, that's not sustainable. You need the bah, 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 we're going to achieve and then we're just going to rest. Yes. And just recharge and refuel and that be OK. Yeah. And I, I come back to that idea of permissioning again. You know, if you know what your natural state is, mm. then you can manage it. Yeah, you can and leverage I, that. And, yeah. Absolutely. I'm sorry, I interrupted you. No, then, no, but it no. Was, it was so stark that ba 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 ba. It's like, oh God, yeah. And I know a few people like yeah. that, genuinely, who are so high energy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, fuel up on that. And being in this particular, you know, coronavirus lockdown, in that I'm thinking of one particular um, man that I am working alongside at the moment, and he is so high energy. And he's really struggling because Mm. he hasn't got the outlet in the ways that are comfortable, you know? Yeah. And, you know, a bigger example, coming back to this idea of judgment, you know, when the UK first went into lockdown and then came out of lockdown, there were lots of people pictured in the pubs in London, you know, in really close proximity. Yeah. And I, I remember my initial response to that was, judging Mm. and going oh my god these people you know what are they doing and then I put it into the context of if they've been isolated for a prolonged period of time and actually need to charge up on other people's energy I'm not condoning the behavior because I think there is a responsibility yes but I understood it yeah and understanding it took the judgment out of it Mm. and gave me a better place to communicate from in terms of what I was seeing yeah that you know that's a global or a bigger example and I can give you another example so my son 
<laughs> I haven't done Illuminous Sparks with him yet. He's he's only 14. He'll be 15 in November. But I think now I could probably Map predict where he's going. Yeah, I think I could probably predict where he's going to sit. But at the very start of lockdown, he really struggled, like really struggled. And I watched him go from an inflated balloon. He just deflated. Mm. Like it was quite hard to watch as a, a parent, actually, because yeah. this naturally confident, vibrant, you know, quite buoyant young man just shriveled. He won't he won't like me for saying this, but hopefully he'll never see this. But he literally spent three weeks in his pants, mm. slumped on the sofa. And I was watching him going, oh, my God, this is not good. Mm. This is really not good. And, you know, apart from the mum thing that kicks in, which, you know, the majority of your listeners will probably connect with, it was, I had to remove myself a little bit and go, okay, right, let's think logically. What's actually going on here? What, yeah. what is he not getting that, that he needs? And I came to the conclusion that he's a bit like a puppy dog. He needs constant stimulation and play and connection with his mates. Mm. You know, he actually needs that for his well-being. My daughter's slightly different. She's a bit more like a cat. Independent, feisty, comes for cuddles on her terms. Let her get on with it. That's fine. <laughs> but my son, puppy dog, and needs that stimulation for his well-being. And it was quite a moment because I reflected on my own parenting style and went, I need to do this differently because my natural parenting style is not actually matching what he needs in this particular situation. I'm more like a cat, I think. It's like, leave me alone. I'll do my thing and then I'll come for cuddles when I'm ready. Mm. My son needed something very different and, mm. and I stopped work. I made sure that I was focusing on his needs at that moment in time. And as soon as the restrictions were lifted slightly and he said, my mates are going out to the park, can I go? I said, yes, mm. whether that was the right thing you know, in terms of the bigger yeah. picture and coronavirus and thinking about the people in the pubs and me having that judgment, you know, are people going to be judging my son because he's going out to the park? But I made the choice that actually in this context, what he needs is interaction with his mates. And this is a slight compromise. He's going to be outside. It's not breaking the rules. Yeah. And this is a way to enable him to get what he needs for his well-being yes and by default mine because you know and you'll know unless yeah. your kids are well you get the mum guilt thing going on yes again that was a bit of a tangent but I think a useful point to draw example. yeah very much so because I think many people who are listening especially I think if you're thinking about why would this apply to me? I think if you're in a partnership, so if you're in a marriage or a long-term partnership with another person, this is going to help because you're going to understand each other a little bit more and understand where you're also coming from a bit more and maybe how you can meet each other in the middle. It's kind of like a roadmap that way. If you've yep. got a child, if you've got, you know, many moms, right? I mean, my mom constantly still says it today and I'm well into my 30s, but she'll just be like, I can't understand you. <laughs> Yeah, because I'm not you, you know, or I can't understand your dad. Yeah, because you're not him. It's just very different people. And it yeah. frustrates a lot of parents with their children. And it frustrates a lot of marriages or partnerships because you're not the same person. And I think by doing something like this, 
like you gave the example of the young man, like at 17, he's been given a toolkit to realize that these are his massive strengths, but these are where he can make some room for other people to go into the space with him. If he brings himself closer to the middle, then he can have a lot more things done productively together with people, not just in terms of productivity, but he can have a much more fruitful life because everything in life is work, right? You have to have conversations. You have to earn money. Yes, you have to go from place A to place B. You are going to interact with someone from place A to place B. So if you kind of also can hold space with other people around you, carrying less judgment, you know, being less in other people's spaces or being a little bit more in tune with others if you're on the other side of things where you need to see how others people's energies and bring yourself a little bit further into that space and saying, okay, I'm here, I hear you, I'm listening. Even though I'm quiet, I'm still listening. I'm still piecing things together for you. We play to our strengths that way. And we also allow others to play to their strengths. And then by doing that, we make magic. That's exactly it because, you know, human beings play in relationship with others it's unless you're living in a cave that is it's a fundamental aspect of being human right yeah and yeah exactly what you've just said the more we can understand that the more magic we can create and and just coming back to that idea of couples you know I've done a, a number of couples debriefs now and the first one I did was probably February, March of this year, so just before lockdown. And I had a conversation with the wife of this particular partnership last week. And she was saying she and her husband are still referring to the insights that they discovered because they are so very different. He's way more introverted. She's far more sociable. And actually, the understanding of that has given them a a common language to be able to go this is what's going on for me right now and this is what I need right now and this is what I can't get right now so how do we find that space in our partnership to to be supportive in this particular scenario you know it was quite a moment actually because I'm not going to name her but she said her husband actually opened up a conversation saying I know I don't talk about these things very much but I think we probably need to and she said you know I watched it on the screen she said it was profound that was a really different set of behavior because he was understanding that she needed that conversation yeah just like oh I love this stuff I just I love it yeah no never never apologize no I mean I think we've come to a good point to maybe just wrap up this conversation and you kind of talked about it already what is the shift that you really want to create in the world with your work Beth that's a killer question to end on (laughs) my god I think I'm still defining that if I'm being truthful in terms of where I am in my career I'm at pivotal transition point because my daughter is 21 She's now left home. She's moved out. My son is 15. My hands-on parenting role that I've had for all of my adult life, again, for the benefit of your listeners, I was a teenage mom. So, you know, my daughter came when I was eight, well, 19 when she was born. I was 18 when I fell pregnant. And so there is an emergent transitionary process happening for me as an individual and mm. really thinking about, okay, well, where do I want to put my mark in the world? Where do I want to really create an impact 
Yeah. Because I've got space beginning to emerge to think quite strategically and with focus about what that is. But if I were to sum it up, <laughs> okay, there are tears here. So I know I'm still working in the right space. It's about developing the leaders of the future. As I said, it's working with those 18 to 30. Well, no, it's not even an age thing. It's those people who can visualize and vision something different in the future and are at the start of that journey and need a bit of help. Not help's the wrong word, but the right foundations, the right, yeah, support the right environment to really make their vision flourish. And why do I want that? And this is where the tears come in, is because. There will come a day when I'm not on the planet, but my kids are, and I want to play my part in making sure that those who are safeguarding the planet are the kinds of conscious, conscientious, visionary, go-get-stuff-done people, (laughs) real tears, that will make sure that my kids have an experience of the world that I want them to have. It's about me playing my part to gift a future to my kids when I'm not here. And I don't quite know what that specifically looks like, but that's the space. Oh God, real tears, blimey. That's the space I want to play in Mm. because my kids are important, right? Yeah. They are. I just want to safeguard their experience of future. Oh, I'm really steaming up. Sorry. Safeguard their experience of the future and play my part to shift the current world setting because I'm not sure I like it at the moment. No, there's definitely a lot of room for improvement for sure in that respect in the current world that we're in today. And I think on that note, we will end today's conversation on that because that was deeply profound. It was deeply, deeply raw. And I thank you so much for this wonderful conversation. I cannot wait for our next conversation whenever that might be. So thank you so much. I look forward to it. You are very welcome, my dear. Very, very welcome.